a cool world on bff.fm i'm kelsey styles and once again this week there is another guest on my show <laughs> today it is selena hirschberger um i don't think she knows this but she's kind of the first person i met in the bay um, when i moved out here so i'm really excited to have her on the show i've known her for a while Um, And yeah, Selena is a hairstylist in San Francisco. We're going to be talking about a lot of things, like the science behind your haircut, 
all about that color and cut theory. Um, the homelessness epidemic of SF has a particularly close um, importance to Selena's heart. And we're also going to talk about the spectrum of queer identity because we're queer and we're here. Yeah, so um, you're listening to Cool World on BFF.FM.
listening to Cool World on BFF.FM. I'm Kelsey Styles, and today in the studio I have San Francisco hairstylist and educator Selena Hirschberger. Uh, we're going to talk about the science behind your haircut, cut theory, color theory, all that fun stuff. But we're also going to discuss the homelessness epidemic of San Francisco and the spectrum of our own queer identities. It's going to be a fun show because Selena's fun and just means the world to me. So keep on tuning in to BFF.FM. This is Cool World.
Thank you.
shy to say even when it's wrong But what's keeping me from holding on I'll be thinking of you even when you're gone But what's keeping me from holding on
If you're just now tuning in, this is Cool World on BFF.FM. I'm Kelsey Stiles, and with me in the studio today is Lena Hirschberger. She's a San Francisco hairstylist, and we're going to discuss the science behind your haircut, um, cut and color theory, as well as a multitude of other stuff you probably never thought of when you go to the salon. Uh, we're also going to talk about the homelessness epidemic of San Francisco and the spectrum of our queer identities. So yeah, keep listening to Cool World on BFF.FM and just a few more songs, we'll get to chatting.
spoke to you I told you my side And the way I've tried How I've changed for you You just look away Try to numb the pain Act as if it's cool But I cannot lie Keeps me up at night Don't know what to do And I don't think you know me anymore Oh, I don't think you know me anymore So change I'm
man Rico, MDB in the house, my dog C9 with the date, my dog TC over here, grinning on gold, everything to come up, sweet spot.
You're listening to Cool World on BFF.FM. I'm Kelsey Stiles, and with me in the studio this Monday is Selena Hirschberger. She is a San Francisco hairstylist and also a hair educator um, throughout the country and within the salon itself. Um, she has been living in the Bay for most of her life. Um, one of the few locals I can say that I know. And yeah, on this episode, we're going to be talking about queer identity, homelessness, and the science behind your haircut. Because I'm sure maybe like myself, you go into the salon wondering, how the fuck are you doing this to my hair? So, Selena, say hi. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we're here. It's happening. Um, Yeah, so earlier in the show, I mentioned how... uh, I guess Selena didn't know this, but she was legitimately one of the first people I met upon moving out here. I had no idea. Yeah. So, like, two and a half years ago. Yeah. Did almost. you just stumble into my salon? Well, yeah. So, I was I was living in these, like, bougie, urbanist apartments, lofts. It was a loft. It was, ugh, I hated it. But anyway, so, it was, like, these gentrifying apartments, um, and Soma, kind of like Fifth and Brandon area, and I moved in. I was like, I need a haircut. I need like, f- I don't know. When you like move to a new area, that's like one of the first things I feel like you should seek out is like, where am I gonna get my hair done? Yeah. And your salon was like within walking distance, so I went and we have good Yelp reviews. <coughs> <laughs> that's a grasshopper <clears throat> salon. And Selena Hirschberger. Selena Hirschberger. Um. Yeah, and so I, like, went to your salon, and the salon is a beautiful environment, and everyone was so nice. I was like, all right, yep, this is my salon. I picked good. <laughs> and, yeah, and I think I think April was the first stylist from Grasshopper that I saw. Yeah. And then the next time I saw you, and I was like, oh, I'm going to stick with her. April's great, but Selena was <laughs> She's just... She's very talented. Just this personality we vibe. I vibed with. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So let's get into it. Um, who are you, Selena? I am a white woman living in San Francisco. <laughs> um, um, and you're from from Sacramento. I'm from Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Most of my family lives in the Bay Area. That's wild. And I've just been Northern California my whole life. It's hard to want to leave it. It's so beautiful. So that's a funny thing. Like I meet a lot of people. Not okay, not a lot of people. I meet people who are native to the Bay Area, and um, you know, at first, I kind of don't understand like why you wouldn't want to leave your hometown area. And then after moving out here from Florida, I was like, oh, because this place is really nice. Like, yeah, why would you leave? <laughs> well, for me, moving here from Sacramento, it's like Sacramento isn't Bay Area, it's v- the valley, it's different. Well. Now it's a lot nicer, but um, moving here was like my big move, even I'm though I'm like an hour and a half now. away <laughs> yeah. from home. But I like that. I like being near my family. I love my family. Yeah. An hour and a half can be like a huge difference. Uh, the college that I went to was like an hour and a half to two hours away from my hometown. And it was like, oh, there's a punk scene here. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Well, I knew um, I wanted to live in a city, and it's like this or L.A., so... 
LA sucks. I'm gonna say. Yeah. It kind of sucks. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I'm, I'm now, I guess, one of those Bay people that's like, <laughs> the Bay is better than LA. Yeah. LA is fine. I just don't want to live there. Yeah. I'll visit. Fun to visit. I'll fun visit. visit. Yeah, it's Super fun, fun to, to visit. visit. It's all over. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'm going to ask the question why did you want to become a hairstylist? Because I feel you know, like a lot of people get told, you know, early on, like, do you the traditional college path? Do you a more traditional career? Yeah. And I mean, the hair <clears throat> and cosmetics and beauty industry has been a lot around for a very long time. Yeah. But I mean, not everyone's built to do college. Like people mm-hmm. can do trades, and that's fine. It doesn't mean we're less intelligent. It means that we know what we want to do, and we know how to fast track it. Yeah. And um, when I was a kid, uh, my mom would bleach her hair all the time, and I would help her bleach it and like box dye it, which isn't don't don't box dye your hair. <laughs> um, but that's what I grew up doing. I take my Barbies. I find food coloring and like dye their hair blue and red and like all the different food coloring colors and cut their hair in weird ways with like safety scissors so it looks really awful but it's fine Um, my barbie's punk yeah my barbie was punk as fuck um (laughs) and then it's just always been something i was interested in i graduated college with maybe not good grades went to community college for a while okay and was like I hate this. Like, the academic, like, I did well in school. I didn't enjoy it, though. So, it wasn't, Yeah, I didn't want to be yeah. there. I was, like, a shitty kid that did school all the time, but. I, uh, I got a copy of my diploma today because I'm working on, I'm working on getting a visa to possibly Woo-woo. go live in Korea. We'll see. Stay tuned. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I got, like, my college diploma. I finished school college in three years because i hated college and was like if i have to take more classes to be done with this sooner cool um but my degree is like totally useless i studied it and now i've done graphic design and i do radio for fun and i've worked retail and it's just like yeah like what's what's the point what is the point besides being like i went to university and i'm college educated but well, and half the classes you take are nothing you're interested in. And sometimes it's not even related to the degree itself. Like, I had so many classes that were just, All like... All the general ed is bullshit. General ed, but also, like, some of them were just, like, this is how to, like, send emails professionally in your <laughs> workplace. And it's, like, I don't need to take a class on this. Like, this isn't gonna... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that's cool. You've never told me the story of your hair styling origins so yeah. you went to Aveda right? The Santa Aveda Institute in Ooh, San Francisco. Oh my gosh. Yeah I moved here I went to City College here for a while mm-hmm. I just moved here because I wanted to and then kind of found my path from there. Man and what is the Aveda process like like as a student in terms of like applying for enrollment and is it kind of like a two-year um, I wasn't the best student at the time. <clears throat> I was, uh, you know, 17 and 
moving to San Francisco and had friends that would help me get into bars. And so yeah, I spent most of my nights out and most of my days sleeping, and I really fucked up school. So it took me about two and a half years. It should take two years tops. Um, Mm -hmm. But the school was good. It was good being around people that wanted to teach you. My intro teacher. There's like four phases. The first phase that I was in, that teacher, he was really... um, I don't know. He like loved his students, and you could tell, and so it made me really excited. And then as you move on, you have different relationships with different educators, but it's a good school. Um, There's also, you know, like city college school programs, and I honestly feel like you end up in the long run sort of in the same place if you're passionate, but I'm really happy I went to that school to see what my potential could be Mm -hmm. um, and learn more about the industry where... If you know what you want and you have goals and you just go to, like, City College, it's so much cheaper and you can do the exact same thing I'm doing. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. When I was in college, I would always go to... There was a Tallahassee, Florida Aveda Institute. Um, It was massive. And, yeah, I would go there for all my haircuts as a broke college student. Um, I remember, like... Before I went there for the first time, my brother suggested this to me because he was always doing like fashion, like haircuts for men and stuff. And he was like, Yeah, go to Aveda. Just know, like, since the student's cutting your hair, it's going to take like three hours (laughs) for you to get this haircut. It takes forever, but it looks good at the end. The educators won't let you walk out looking shitty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it was cool, kind of like if you've never been uh, like for a haircut at a like school institute um and i don't know how it is like if someone were to get their hair cut at like city college or whatever but veda um they like you hear all the like verbiage and the language that Mm -hmm. goes into hairstyling and haircutting and i'm not gonna lie growing up i thought like oh anyone can cut hair you just like get some scissors and you do it and that's such bullshit a lot of people think that. Yeah. I've had clients come in, I'm cutting the men's hair, and the girlfriend is like, oh, this looks easy. I can just do this at home. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Try it. <laughs> it's fine. Try it. Fuck it up. It's whatever. Come back. Pay me 90 bucks, and I'll fix it. <laughs> yeah, so let's uh, dive into the science of the cut. So what are, you know, like some fundamentals that maybe a regular you know, person wouldn't know. Well, as far as haircutting goes, there's um, three things that we do to cut hair. We distribute the hair in a certain way, we elevate it in a certain way, and then we cut it in a certain way. And each thing has a very different effect. So when you're distributing, is like how you comb the hair. If you're using, like, your fine teeth, you're going to get a lot of tension and if you have curly hair, it's going to jump up and it might not look as good as if you use like a wider tooth comb to make it soft. When you elevate it, the higher you elevate it, the more layered it's going to be. Mm-hmm. The lower it is, the more heavy it's going to be. Okay. Then when you cut it, you cut it blunt, you cut it slanted so there's all these little like spikes in it. You slice it so it's really soft. There's different ways to 
to do it. There's a lot that we think about when we're looking at a head of hair. Yeah, so, okay, let's say you have a new client walk in. Mm -hmm. You've never seen this hair before in your life. Mm -hmm. Well, what is kind of the mental process that goes through your mind? Because I feel like you have to think so, like, rapid fire when you're engaging with a client because you also have to make them feel comfortable and relaxed and engage with them. So what's kind of your thought process when someone new comes in you're like okay i have to cut this person's hair what i always do i take my little stool and i put it in front of them so i'm not standing behind them in the Mm -hmm. mirror talking to them through the mirror because i feel like that's intimidating you want to like get in front of them and like make eye contact and usually people show me pictures of like a kardashian or beyonce really or something like that and i'm like are these like white people who are like i want this ethnic hair and you just have to tell them, like, look, this isn't their hair, even. Like, this is a weave. Mm. And it, you're, True. you have to be, you have to learn how to be honest with people. And that was something I struggled with a lot when I first started doing hair, mm-hmm. was to promise people stuff and be like, okay, yeah, like, I can do this haircut on you. Which I could do the haircut on them, but I couldn't make it look the same way that Kim Kardashian's hair looks because yeah. they don't have her hair. Yeah. And they don't have a million extensions in their hair. And so I've learned to tell people, like, I can do this haircut on you, but it's not going to look good. What I think is going to look good is. Hey, there you go. Da 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 da. Yeah. Okay. And it will make you feel this way but you won't look like Kim Kardashian because no one will. She's fake. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Damn. So, you know, like, um, let's say someone comes in and they have... Okay. I guess what I'm trying to say here is does your texture of hair, does... um, you know, if it's, like, thick or thin, does that, like, really determine, like, what haircuts someone can do? Can haircuts be for everyone or hairstyles, or is it literally determined on the hair type that you have? I think anyone can have a pixie cut. Anyone could have a bob. Anyone could have long hair. But if you have different texture, like, we mm-hmm. have to approach it in a whole different way. Yeah. And the person might have to be okay with spending more time styling their hair mm-hmm. like I, I you know if they want it curly and the, they show some pictures of someone with wavy like beach wave hair and I'm like okay well we can cut your hair this way but you're gonna have to do this every day yeah um that being said like if someone shows me a picture of someone with like really thin hair and they're like I want this haircut and they have hair that's really thick it's like I could do it, but we're going to have to, like, undercut your hair. Mm. or Which undercuts don't mean shaving the head. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Like, I have an undercut right now, and I don't... Well, I guess you, I'm, you guys... <laughs> you guys can't see me. Um, <laughs> but nothing on my head is shaved. I just have... Okay, so that was just Parts kind of, of it like that a... are thinned out and, like... Mm really layered underneath and then the top of it sits over it so it like all collapses in that's a whole nother part of hairdressing where we can make someone's head shape look a certain way just by doing interior work that no one will ever know is there Mm -hmm. so people don't people don't realize how much thought we put into this and how much 
work it is to make someone's hair look a certain way. People think if they show us a picture, they're like, it's like an Asian person. Like, I want to be bleach blonde. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Well. (laughs) In a year from now, you will be. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, so if you're just now tuning in, this is Cool World on BFF.FM. I'm Kelsey Styles, and with me in the studio is San Francisco hairstylist extraordinaire, uh, Selena Hirschberger. And today we're talking about the science, math, and art, basically, that goes into your haircut. Uh, we'll also be diving in a little bit later into the subject of the homelessness problem of San Francisco. Uh, more so issue than problem. I will say that. And also our our queer identities, because that's something we both kind of struggle with sometimes. So, yeah, back to hair. <laughs> it's, like, interesting what you say about how, um, you know, kind of, like, doing these subtle techniques to reshape someone's hair um, can make, like, a huge impact on just, like, changing their facial structure. Because I remember being in, like, middle school or high school, and everyone was so, like, anti-layers. But every mm-hmm. time I'd go to the salon, the stylist would be like, I'm going to layer your hair. And I'd be like, no, but well, nobody you have else so much hair. their hair. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's, like, funny how people kind of forget that everyone's hair is just totally different. And it's going to yeah. affect your process of getting to the look that you want. Someone with little straight hair will show me a picture of someone with curly hair, and they're like, I want this haircut. I'm like, well, <laughs> let's... Do you want to perm? <laughs> yeah. I'll perm your hair. Well, I won't. I'll have one of my coworkers perm your hair, but... <laughs> oh, my God. It'll be... We've been doing a lot of perms. Um, yeah. Natural yeah. textures in. Like, people aren't... It's just great. ...styling their hair like they used to. Slash damaging like it. 90s and 2000s, everyone's straight, straight hair. Straight. We all had our flat irons and we just fucked our hair up. I, I could never get my hair to be straight. And neither could I. And my hair's not even curly good. like yours. Yeah, it was... I'd straighten it and I'd, an hour later it would just look the same way it always has. Yeah, I'm fucking so glad that trend is over. I mean, if you look good with really straight hair, go for it. But I can't do that. <laughs> Um, yeah, so let's talk about, so we've talked a little bit more about hair cutting theory, Mm -hmm. um, and just to kind of wrap that up, what is some of the, like, I think I've heard y'all say, like, a, like, you know, like, symmetrical cuts, or, like, a V cut, or, well, aren't, aren't, aren't there some, you know, vocabulary terms that... In yeah, the styling world. Yeah, there's different vocabulary we use. Our clients would never know what we're yeah. talking about. Um, I mean, I feel like our clients get blunt cutting, like razor cutting, like mm-hmm. those very basic terms. But we have different like inversion haircuts, which are that's like a layering pattern where mm-hmm. it just softens everything. And there's square layers and round layers, and everything creates a different shape. And we combine them all. Like, we'll do round layers in one area of your head, and we'll just square it out in a different area. And it creates different shapes and different widths in different parts of the head. And um, you really have to think about that. Because if you 
you do like a round layer on someone that has like a small head, it collapses all the hair in. Okay, and yeah, then... so question. Is the whole, I'm going to call it mythology, mm -hmm. of a heart-shaped face, oval-shaped face, uh -huh. is that real or is that just kind of a bullshit beauty magazine terminology? It is real to an extent. Like, if someone with a heart-shaped face wants a certain haircut and a person with a square face, face like, wants to say, I can give them both that haircut, but maybe I'll have the layers sitting somewhere different. Ah, look at that. On different people. Because if your face, if you have a strong jawline, that's beautiful and we want to open it up. But if you have maybe like a chubbier or like rounder face, we want the layers to be longer to like kind of like tuck it in. Okay, question though. Yeah. So what you're describing sounds like Western beauty ideals. Yeah. And I you mean, what are we say. A very, you know. A, I'm gonna say forward rational thinking person. Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting to hear you say that. Um, so, do you find yourself trying to kind of like challenge that narrative when you're cutting hair, or are you like? I think what I try to do is to ins make people's beautiful parts stand okay. out. If mm -hmm. you have gorgeous eyes, that's what I want your haircut to show off. And I layer it or put fringe in in a way that your eyes stand out. If you have cheekbones that stand out, I open that all up and cut your hair short around your face so you can like see that chiseledness. Um, the ideal face shape mm -hmm. or what we were always taught to cut is make everyone's face look oval because that's what magazines tell us is the ideal face shape yeah and to be honest if you have a real wide face if you have hair that is longer around the face you'll feel probably better about yourself mm -hmm. like and that's it's not a bad thing to have a wide face like you're still beautiful you just like i have i don't know <laughs> I don't know what I have. I have a weird face. I have a big forehead and I have bangs. Yeah. So yeah, like, that's true. I'm I'm trying to break away. So I feel like I also have like a tall forehead, mm -hmm. and I've always have done a cut with bangs, whether micro fringe, long fringe, blunt, mm -hmm. whatever. That's the extent of my terminology. But yeah, I've always tried to cover that up, and right now I've been like trying to challenge myself to kind of do like a middle part and like grow it out. But I don't know, don't know, dude. <laughs> I've had the essentially almost the same haircut my whole life. Um, really? Yeah. I mean, you've seen me with a whole bunch of different haircuts. Yeah, I have, but, but it's they're all kind of, right, they're right all now. Bangs. She has kind of like a punk, like mullet, shad, <laughs> mullet going on growing up i always had a bob with bangs and mm -hmm. i still have a version of that a more extreme version yeah but. but you know growing up i was like mom you make me look ugly you cut my hair short my mom's favorite line that i've ever said is um i told her she made me look ugly on purpose because she cut my hair real short when i was like eight <laughs> you made me look ugly on purpose how dare you mother in a fit of rage i told her that Oh my and, God. um, 
Now I still have the same haircut that she gave me when I told her that. Yeah, dude, when I... Moms know best. They kind of do. When I was the older you get, the more you realize that. I always had like a bob and bangs. Same, and we both have and a variation I'm... of that. Yeah. Um, weird how it's like comfortable. I think yeah. it's because you're like, maybe when you're in your like teen years like angsty i had long hair in my teen years and well, i yeah, hated so, so, it so i was you try something else my hair's then... too thick i was hot it was heavy like it was just too i put it in a bun all the time it was bullshit yeah short hair's great short hair's great woman try it out yeah. everybody try it out i think every woman should cut her hair short once in her life because you'll be liberated yeah, yeah. Like, shave it, go into a pixie. I think all of college I had, like, a pixie cut, and I did, like, different variations You don't have it. to go there. Even bob it. Yeah. You'll feel bob so it. different. Bob mm-hmm. it. Bob it. Bob it. <laughs> so, we have known each other for a while, and a while ago you kind of mentioned to me that you're wanting to, with another coworker at the salon, kind of start this haircut for charity yeah. situation where you give well free haircuts to... Discounted. Well, discounted. Okay. All right. Explain it to me. Yeah. Well, it's all in the works. Nothing is set in stone. Mm-hmm. We're in the emailing people trying to sort it out stage, but we were inspired by... We have friends that are tattoo artists and something that a lot of tattoo artists do once a year is they do like flash sheets and it's not that expensive mm-hmm. um like think friday the 13th style but yeah it's not um and all the proceeds go to sf war which is san francisco women mm-hmm. against rape mm-hmm. and that's where i got um not that one <laughs> one of my tattoos and oh, I didn't know that. all the yeah, and so all the proceeds go to donate money towards this, and we were like, oh. "That's such a good idea." And we also have a trade where it's a, an expensive thing. It is. I th- haircuts are expensive. I paid um, anywhere for a haircut from like twenty dollars to like a hundred. No. Yeah. My women's cuts are $100. Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, if I can charge $50 for a woman's haircut and just donate all that money somewhere, more people are accessible to it. More people will want it. People that maybe can't afford me or the salon. So I'm going to say feel $50 pretty. is still pretty expensive for a lot of people. Well, it's still. Like, I feel like if maybe you went to, like... Yeah, but, okay, so the model that you're basing it off of is a tattoo. A lot of tattoos usually have a minimum of, like, 100, 150. Kind of similar to your model, but... Elsewhere, not in the Bay that I've noticed for Friday the 13th tattoos, but elsewhere, you can get, like, the dollar... I mean, the tattoo for $13. Um, not saying you should charge that much for your haircut, but I do think it'd be a really awesome model to maybe have it at, like, 25 or 30. Well, I think we just, we could only do so many haircuts in one day, and if it's True. half the price of my normal haircut, mm-hmm. and I'm not making any profits off, Would like, you do all the money's going, off, though? yeah, so, we okay. were talking about doing it on a yeah. day that we're not working, usually, mm-hmm. so, you know... Eight hours, fifty dollars. Math. Um, 
Yeah, that's, that's true. That's a bit a charitable donation. Still a charitable donation. Yeah. Though. Yeah. I mean, we're still and in the early process. We're also donate. thinking about doing just free haircuts for women in need that have been affected. And that, yeah. like, I met this woman at a hair um, class and she started a charity called tender cuts and that was something that really oh. really inspired me she doesn't live here anymore she lives in new york now which is why it's not active, active here but yeah. it's active in new york cool. it's still called tender cuts even though they don't have a tenderloin but um mm -hmm. the whole point of it was giving free haircuts to homeless people in the tenderloin mm -hmm. and just seeing their face from before they had their hair cut to after they were so happy like there's something about being pampered whether or not you get a head massage whether or not you get you know just yeah, getting your hair cut and oh having someone tell you you're handsome or pretty there's all right i think that people don't realize what we do is more than a service yeah. it's also like we are making we're more so it's not just outward it's also like an inward kind yeah. of like therapeutic moment we don't only do it because it was like an easy way to not go to college and find funding we do it because we like making people feel better we like touching people we make like like we do like massages and it makes them feel relaxed and then yeah. we take them to our chair and we cut their hair and they feel happy and we tell them they're handsome or beautiful or whatever mm -hmm. they need to hear and like our goal is to make people look better and feel better yeah Aww. yeah you've definitely done that for me um yeah there was a while ago where um so i've been like obviously going to selena for my hair for over two years now and for the first time ever, I, I I broke down crying in your chair, and I just you know had to tell her like, you're amazing. Every time I come into the salon, like you make me feel beautiful, and <laughs> not only do I like see the beauty in myself, like I feel it, and yeah, it's like so transformative what a haircut can do for you, what that kind of attention can do for you, especially for some people who you know, maybe don't have the ability or luxury to, um, you know, get affection from people, whether it's like friends, family, partners, whatever. So it's awesome. Yeah. Um, when I was in beauty school, we had some talk from some dude and I don't remember his name. So that's that. Mm -hmm. And, um, he mentioned something he was like and this still i think about this like almost every day mm -hmm. he was like we're as hairstylists we don't have to think about ourselves that way all the time like what i think about myself as is i'm a day maker and when he first said Aww. that i was like you're cheesy as fuck <laughs> like uh shut up get out of like here i'm like uh. i was like an angsty like 17 year old and i was like this is bullshit get me out of here i'm gonna go smoke a joint like you know i was yeah. <laughs> a shitty person back then and um the more he talked the more i realized like that's true and i've had clients where you know like i have clients that have had cancer and i've had to cut all their hair off and at the end of it they're crying but they're like thank you i feel beautiful still and like you help like there's things like that that make you realize you are more than just 
someone cutting hair off. That's not my job yeah. is to cut hair off. Yeah. Anyone can take hair off of somebody, but not everyone can shape it or interact with a person. I think that's a, half the fucking job is just making your client feel like they're special. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes me feel so good about going to work every day is like, I, I just love my clients. You build you a relationship. A, a connection. Yeah. yeah. I've seen most of them for five years and they're. Jesus, yeah. I know. <laughs> that's longer than Getting all old. romantic <laughs> relationships. Yeah. Okay, so I want to pivot a little bit. Um, so, you know, we talked about Haircuts for Charity helping some people out in the Tenderloin, which is, you know, in San Francisco, where a vast majority of people who are homeless live. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about this, um, you know, issue with you. Yeah. Uh, apparently, recently in SF Chronicle article, they said that the homeless population has decreased in San Francisco since 2004. Doesn't look like it. Right. Um, Yeah, so you have a sister. I do. I love her very much. We don't talk very much. Yeah, but your sister is homeless. She is. Yeah. She has been for years now. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like a lot of people have this misconception about homelessness that like you know, oh, this person is just, like, a junkie. Everybody's a junkie. Mm-hmm. Everybody that is homeless somehow, like, deserves to be homeless, which is so fucked up. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, clearly, uh, you know, where your sister is not, you know, with us right now to share her story. Yeah. But if you could. I I'm not g- gonna lie. She's not sober. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. You're not. Now we're drunk right now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, No, she has always struggled. Um, I guess, uh, how do I make this a fast recap of her life? Uh, We have the same father that raised us. We have different biological fathers. Her biological father is Native American. Native Americans tend to be alcoholics. It runs in their bloodstream okay which is it is more than just you like drinking um you have an addictive personality mm-hmm. she also has mental issues which is another big issue with all the homeless people here yeah well not all of them a lot of them um you have anxiety i have uh, anxiety she's bipolar mm-hmm and they think she might be, like, maybe schizophrenic. She's never around a lot, like, enough to to test for any of this, right? Yeah. So she just kind of does her thing. Ever since we were in middle school, she'd run away. We're only 14 really? months apart. Yeah. So okay. I was in seventh grade. She was in eighth grade. She'd run away. She'd start doing drugs. She started drinking. And it kind of escalated from there. She went to... Um, you know, like, uh, those camps for bad kids, boarding schools in Utah that people go lock their Mm -hmm. kids up in, which I still have the letters between us from there. It's like, she, she didn't like it. She thought it was weird. 
Mm-hmm. I don't really know if my mom liked it either. I don't think any of us really liked it. We just didn't know what to do. We wanted yeah. her to be safe. and wanted to know where she was, and that was the only way mm-hmm. at that point. You know, my mom was a single mom. I mean, my dad supports us. He's amazing. They were separated, and mm-hmm. I think it's hard for just her to try to figure it out. And then we grew up, and she... She's always been on the streets. She's been on the streets since as far as I can remember. Wow. And still surviving. She's still around. Mm -hmm. There was a few years ago we had to basically say bye. She was in the hospital. Her liver... I mean, her liver's done. It's shot. She's been drinking for almost, you know, like more than half her life and... So, how do you have check-ins with your sister? Um, sometimes she has a phone and sometimes she doesn't. So, um, sometimes you'll just get like a phone call or a text maybe? And Facebook message, gotcha. actually. Yeah. Okay. Um, she... Our parents made sure she had a phone most of the time. She's at the point... I'm 25, she's 26. Mm-hmm. She's going to be 27 on August 30th. It's Happy almost her birthday. birthday. Um, but our parents are at the point where they can't spend their whole life chasing her and buying her a new phone every other month. And yeah, it's, it's too much. And it's so not fair. Do you think a... I mean, it's expensive, first of all, but... Do you think a rehabilitation center program could help her? Do you she's, think she's been to two? She's been to two. Okay. You know, like and we had both of us had a, like a combined like funding mm-hmm. from our family, and it all went to her rehab. And mm-hmm. it's not if I honestly believe if a person doesn't want to get better, they won't. Mm-hmm. And I lived in the Tenderloin for a while, and I saw my. Um, I don't know if I should call them friends, but my people, or my friends, I guess, the, the homeless people that lived on my street. Yeah. You know, I saw them from the time I moved there. They looked, like, relatively normal. They didn't look too down and out to the when I moved out, and they were dirty, and, like, they're skinny and gross, and, like, just seeing people progress in a negative way. If someone doesn't want help, no one can help them. So, I watched a documentary recently called Three Perfect Strangers. I don't know if you've heard about this. I've heard about it. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Yeah, so to anyone that's unfamiliar, Three Perfect Strangers is a documentary about three identical uh, twin brothers who... Turns out, this isn't going to spoil the plot for you too much, by the way. (laughs) But um, turns out, uh, they all met each other later in life, and the adoption agency separated them from birth on purpose and placed them all in different families of varying income. Because they wanted to do the nature versus nurture experiment. And they kind of realized that's all (coughs) a little bit bullshit. Like, yeah. it doesn't really matter, um, you know, what kind of family raises you or what genetics you're born with. It's more kind of like 
the emotional aspect of what a family provides and or if they, you know, can help provide some kind of like mental health like resources. So do you feel like if maybe mental health was more prioritized when your sister was younger that maybe things would be different or it's hard to say in this like we were raised the same yeah exactly the same you know my father raised her um he is her father biologically he's not mm -hmm. and i think maybe that's what might have fucked her up is like dad issues later in life mm -hmm. where when her biological father came back Oh, you know, I okay. think that might have been part of it. Mm -hmm. um, but we were raised the exact same way. Yeah. We had the exact same privilege. We had the, like, we're 14 months apart. We had the same life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, we got potty trained together and all that shit because I just did it a little early. She did it a little late. It was just mm -hmm. easier to do everything at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't think it's her lack of mental health I think that both of us have had a great life like our parents I mean we grew up um, lower class yeah and we didn't have money but we had a family that loved us like more than anything and that's all you need mm -hmm. right and so I think that if you just have demons you can't you can't get away from them all the time, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I've spent so much of my life recently trying to figure out why she turned out the way she did versus mm -hmm. why I am the way I am. And every time we see each other, like last time I saw her, I found her, I had to, like walk up and down Hate Street to find her. Mm -hmm. And she was like, well, why can't I be like you? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't have the answers for these things. Like, yeah. We're just different, and I think it's a psychological problem, and mental illness is really serious, and I think that's a big thing that most people that are homeless here have an issue with, and seeing her try to get help and how fucking hard it is, Yeah. having me, my dad, my mom, and herself all call clinics and all try to get her in, and them saying, no, we're full, we can't take anyone, we can't take mm. anyone, we can't help, we can't help. They're, what? how much more are you going to do? And then yeah. they get frustrated. They start using again. They start drinking. They just, you know. Not that that's a good outlet for it, but I, I mean, I get it. Yeah, but, you know, if someone is surviving, yeah. they're, they're living a life, you know. Um, yeah, so... I feel like I don't tell a lot of people this, but when I first moved to San Francisco, I moved out here because I got a design job for a tech company in Silicon Valley. Same story as everyone else, right? Move out here. Classic. Get that tech job. Um, <laughs> get that tech money. Get that. Yeah. So I was making a lot of money. Um, I wouldn't, I would say maybe, I'm going to be very candid on the radio right now. When I first moved out here, I was making $62,000 um, straight out of college. I was 20, which is insane. Um, I was making like almost as much as my parents' salaries back in Florida, um, who have like been in careers for like a long time. Yeah. I feel like that money 
doesn't seem like a lot to you know some people who are making like their six-figure salary but like moving out here like right after college was like oh holy shit yeah i'm like not even gonna negotiate for more money no it's a lot (laughs) but i left that job after six months because i was getting paid so much my mom and just sent me a picture of her and my sister, oh my which is really... Oh, <laughs> oh, That's so sweet. But, um, yeah, so I was getting paid, like, what I thought was, like, a lot of money, but the work I was doing, I feel like just didn't equate to, like, having been paid that much, mm-hmm. and... You know, my first exposure to San Francisco, you know, walking around, like... It's not like other cities like New York or, you know, Philly where you can like kind of hide homelessness a little bit more easily or because of the climate, yeah. people just die. Um, so we got walking around the streets and seeing like how many people that were just, you know, destitute and i remember one time specifically i was you know going out dancing with like a partner and we went to this mediterranean restaurant in the mission and this man approached me you know asking for some money and i i gave him like some money for my wallet and then you know after giving him some money he's like i saw that you had some more like you should give me more money and i just like felt uncomfortable and weird and was like uh like, yeah. I'm still, like, you know, trying to budget. And, like, I know I'm making this much money, but, like, this is all I can give you. And the owners from the restaurant, I kid you not, came out, took a chair from outside and started prodding at him as if he was, like, a circus animal or something. Mm-hmm. Or just as if he was an animal. Mm-hmm. And it was upon seeing that that I was, like, fuck this. Like, I don't... I, I just, like, need to make, like, a lifestyle change. Like, this is messed up. Like, yeah. Um, so they made me reconsider my privilege. And now we're running low on time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I might have to have you come back on to talk about queer identities. <laughs> that was a bottle of tequila. Everything's fine. It's just, like, <laughs> <laughs> good. Um, okay, yeah. So before we um, wrap things up, Mm-hmm. I want to do the segment called Hair Over the Air. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you some hair trends uh, by Vogue that they predict are going to dominate fall and winter. All right. And you have to describe them, what they look like. Can I say my opinion on them too? The yeah, of course. For <laughs> sure. Okay. So... All right, this one is a middle part and straight hair. Very boring. Um, this is what I'm trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> I th- very like like after the 80s when the 90s came around and people were like, "What's the opposite of having an 80s perm? Like, let's have straight hair, middle part flat to our head." Um, so I would say it's a good trend if you have more layers around the face. Okay. Right. Mhm. The fuck is that? It's um every there's three photos she's showing me and everyone's different. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. So uh, I should probably tell you what these are labeled, but it's 1960s revival. Okay. Okay. 
we have like a first lady haircut um deep swoop bang little flip at the end bob the middle one is like blade rudder bright blue heavy fringe blunt bob and then the third one i can't really tell i'm sitting a little far away from the computer it looks really crimped and blown out and only part of it's in the photo but <laughs> oops it's so what i'm looking at is bobs i think yeah, yeah, yeah. I think these are all different, different. variations of yeah. the 60s bobs. This is called a 1980s edge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's three photos again. <laughs> um, one of them is long, deep side part. It's not that 80s, to be honest. The middle one is like a sweatband style with like some hair flapping over. And... <laughs> And the last one um, is a very upset-looking man who has, like, sides shaven, top real long, dyed pink and purple. Do you like my technical breakdown of these? So the next one is called the DIY Top Knot. <clears throat> well, <laughs> these are buns. Some of them are buns with ponytails flopping out. One of them's your traditional top knot. There we go. Wow. Okay. And, wow. Uh, wow. Final, final one. Um, let's go with this. Okay. It looks like half up, half down. Um, we got a beehive. Not as Amy Winehouse as you might think, but I like it. I'm down. Um, the other one is just the back of the head, and it looks like plastic. Um, <laughs> but I think it is dope for the runway. I think it looks cool. I like it. Okay. And then the third one, I can't really tell what's happening from over here, but it looks like she has, like, buns or braids or something on top. What's happening over there? Am I right? Um, yeah, so it kind of looks like she has, like, a... Here's me talking about hair. Looks like she has a multi-sectioned uh, top portion of her hair, which looks Does like Does she have probably, two sections or four? I can't tell. It honestly looks like five, maybe six. Um, but then there's also a bun. Are they little the like space buns? No, it's kind I'm of like I'm far away from sections. her computer. I'm not I'm dumb. I'm so sorry. Just so you guys know. It looks like it's... <laughs> Looks like it's sectioned into six sections, uh -huh. and then securing it in the back is a high top bun. Okay. And then the hair on top is very dark, and then the hair at the bottom is lighter. Balayage. Balayage, yes. Oh, all the bitches want. Okay, well, Selena, I think our I think our talk time is, is over. We have to get what? back to the music. We have so much to say. I know. We have so much... So you really talk about being queer. We're both queer. We're both. We're queer. We're here. We're here. We have no fear. Um. We're <laughs> women, but you know, it's not difficult. We're femme. Much. We're into femmes. <laughs> we're into femmes, and that's hard. And we feel. And that's that topic. Okay. Gross. <laughs> uh, and we feel gross. <laughs> well, okay. All right. We'll see. For later, but, we'll talk um, about this next time on BFM. BFFM. BFFM. <laughs> um, yeah, let yes. her do. <laughs> so, 
We're gonna play some tunes that Selena has handpicked mm -hmm. for her show. Do you want to kind of like talk about why you picked these songs? Or? Uh, I don't listen to that much um, like newer music. I'm not that cool. I grew up on Bowie. I think one of the songs I picked was Golden Years, which is the first tattoo I ever got. On my 18th birthday, my mom took me to get Golden Years tattooed on my finger. Um, it's my favorite Bowie song. Bowie's rad. I love him. R.I.P. My other... I don't know. What what else did I choose? What are my other you ones? Got, you got uh, a lot of other things. The um, Kills. I'm obsessed with Allison Mosshart. Girl Crush for Life. Um... My dude and I have, like, our one person we cheat on each other with, and mine is Allison Mosshart. Oh. She is a babe. If you ever can see the kills live... Do it. Do it. They're playing with Interpol at the Greek Theater soon. Okay. Um, what else? And some rap, so... And some rap! Alright, so this is it. Um, thank you, Selena, as always, for being a person in my life and for coming on. Love you. And yeah, next week we're going to be talking about some philosophy with a grad student at UC Berkeley. So keep listening to, one, BFF.FM in general, but also my show, Cool World. Cool World. <laughs> yeah, so let's get back to the music.
Nigga, we chill for real. Wake up, wake up, wake up, it's wake up, wake up. Get up, 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 get up
already changed She said I'm a really go get in my stance Watch I make sure no one snatches my chance Nigga, that's the real man Sold in the mail and put it up in the mid pocket So let me hit it and land it down to give me a cup of all that Why they no bucket ride that Read up, hop on the tent to the clip Get him up with him, it feels in the kitchen, it feels, man, I gotta get there. Play that, play that, holler, holler, say clear, got much to offer. Well, I bet we don't nine that three, I'll open the clock, lock for some dollars. So, get a bag of dope and a quarter, oh, oh. Most all of my niggas got the same, and we gonna roll it all up, that's cold. And then they reef for hydro, we know the cut, so fuck them, popo. Toss out the gay girl, then roll with a clown, the same ho. Running through the alley, get in the mallet, cop up the second the sun down, no front row. Hustlers in the graveyard ship on the fire Look at 
that sky life's begun Nights are warm and the days are young Baby, run for the shadow. 